goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, this is the day after the big announcement. If you want to weigh in, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-WABC. You can see reactions all over the mainstream press, and they're what you expect. George Conway is, uh, has written a piece for, I think it's either the Times or the Washington Post, claiming that Donald Trump just wants vengeance and uh, also protection from prosecution. The really correct phrase would be persecution. New York Post is running uh, a story that that, uh, some of Trump's bigger donors in the last cycle are saying, no effing, not a effing dime. That was their kind of headline. Uh, That's right. It was the Amazon Prime Washington Post that Conway, the third piece, is in. Donald Trump is out for vengeance and to protect himself from prosecution. He won't succeed as his successive losses of the House Senate presidency last week's midterm show. That's what he says. He craves power. He craves the attention more than ever. After an unprecedented two impeachments, a humiliating reelection defeat that he can't even admit, and amid multiple criminal investigations and civil suit, he seeks vengeance. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you expect? And then there's Judge Sullivan. Judge Sullivan has ruled that we should have pretty much open borders. And if you've forgotten who Judge Sullivan is, this judge has declared that Trump's Title 42 should be vacated. He's giving uh, the administration until December to do so, which in effect will just open the borders. It's uh, even more. They're already porous. They're already illegal immigrants pouring in by the hundreds of thousands. Title 42, and that's that. That's a wrap. Now, who is Judge Sullivan? Well, those of you that will remember the way that Michael Flynn, General Flynn, was treated or mistreated would be better in court. That was Judge Emmett Sullivan. This is also a judge that has ruled on immigration matters before that the United States can't use COVID-19 to expel illegal immigrant children. He was so open with Michael Flynn, not even dealing with the fact that the government lied to him and abused General Flynn. He's a Trump hater, and he has been. And he's been pretty open about it, but that Democrats are never stopped with anything that they do. We're expecting Andy Biggs to call him, Representative Andy Biggs, are we not? That should be today. And um, I think it's today. We'll check. Mitch McConnell was elected again to be the minority leader. There were attempts being made to delay the vote. That didn't happen, so we have Mitch again. It 
it is unconscionable that despite the disgust that people feel for the current leadership, Mitch is out blaming you and me and all of us. He says that, you know, these MAGA folks scared voters off. So you see, it's your fault. It's my fault. Those people that believe that any any Trump supporter, it's Donald Trump's fault. MAGA folks made people nervous. They made them upset, according to Mitch McConnell, and they promised nothing but chaos. And so voters in the midterms, it's not his fault for pulling the money from candidates. And look, he raised the money. It's his to distribute as he wants to raise it. I'm not going to argue that. But he supposedly wanted a house and wanted to be. See, this is the thing. Apparently, Mitch McConnell would rather be the minority leader than the majority leader if it meant having people that were aligned with Trump. He'd rather just say, screw it, I'll stay in the minority. I'm not going to give money to those people. Oh, there's a story today. Ivanka Trump says she loves her father very much, but she doesn't she doesn't plan to be involved in politics anymore. Hmm. Surprising story. Well, it's not surprising because it's from American Wire News. It's a positive story for Trump. Trump remains the front runner despite hot mess midterms. GOP is to blame. That's what uh, Maggie Haberman says. He's still the Republican frontrunner. And I think that is an accurate analysis. We can get into that story more if you'd like. The FTX scandal is still growing, ladies and gentlemen. Now some of the investors who lost money are not just talking about suing what's less, less of FTX. They're suing some of the celebrities that advertised. Yeah, Shaq has been named in a lawsuit. The Bradys, the Brady Bunch, or the Brady Bunchin and Ted, or how, or, or, or what's his name? Uh, what's his name? The quarterback. Come on, help me here. Yeah, yeah, him, Tom. He's been named. And some of the other ambassadors, Stephen Curry, Larry David, they're all being sued as part of this uh, uh, $11 billion in damages that American consumers. Now, what we have not heard all yet is are the political ins and outs of this. So much money went to Democrats. So much. And there have been stories circulating in the non-mainstream press that some of this money was routed through Ukraine, that this appears to be nothing more than, in addition to everything else, a political operation to help Democrats So this is a massive, massive story. And now some of the better-known liberals, although, you know, Tom Brady's not necessarily a liberal. He had on a MAGA hat at one point, infuriated 
a lot of people on the left. But certainly some of the other well-known liberals in the sports and entertainment world may be caught up with it. New York. New York. $11 billion, my friend. $11 billion in improper unemployment payments were issued out. $11 billion that should have never went out the door, went out the door. $11 billion. $11 billion. Improper unemployment payments during COVID. This is from the Department of Labor. And meanwhile, you have all kinds of people like, oh, the mayor here talking about how much it's going to cost to do this, how much all these immigrants coming here that are being shipped from Tejas in Florida, oh, it's going to break us because we don't have the billion dollars it's going to take. So they built this big $600,000 facility that remained almost empty. You know, they closed it last week. Meanwhile, $11 billion flew out of the door. $11 billion in unemployment that should have never gone out the door. And will they claw it back? Will they... Go to the people who said, hey, we sent you a bogus check, or we sent you a fake check, or real money, but fake check that should have never went out to you. We need to get that money back. Are they going to do that? And if they try to, what sort of success rate do you think they'll have getting money back from people? Oh, we accidentally mailed you a few hundred thousand dollars, or here, give the money back. Yeah. 800-848-9222 is the number to call, 800-848-9222. James Golden, Bo Snerly here. It is our Wednesday rush hour, and we're coming back right after this. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. Al Jarreau brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. An election denier. Yeah, yeah, I know how much you people hate election denial. You hate to hear these election denials. I know you hate hearing them. People that just think that no matter what, there's cheating going on. And so I, I, I hesitate, but... In the interest of journalism, I think we need to hear from the election deniers out there. And someone dug this one up from ages ago. Now, we've heard Hillary Clinton say that Donald Trump was legitimate. Election was stolen from her. We've heard Stacey Abrams say that she was really the governor 
of Georgia, but that doesn't count. And the reason I'm bringing this up is yet again today, there are all these stories about how all these election deniers, all these election deniers have just been, just been handed it. That's the reason Trump lost. He wanted all these election deniers in. He didn't lose. And the reason that Republicans lost are vast and numerous, depending on which Republicans they were. But in the interest of fairness, I thought we should hear from an election denier. And so, ladies and gentlemen, see whether you recognize who this particular election denier is. Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. What? Machines? The machines? Would those be Dominion machines? I mean, Um, the machines. But but look, I come from Chicago, so so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power... Stop the tape. I will not be editorialized. I will mention Dominion if I want to because I've never made any claims about Dominion. And I'm not making them now. Let us roll that back to the very beginning and let's listen to this election denier. Tell me who he is. Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Machines? What machines? Who? Where? Um, but but look, I come from Chicago. Yeah. So County, so I want to be honest. It's yeah. not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes what? Democrats have to. You know, whenever what? people are in power, they're you know they have this tendency to try to you know tilt things in their direction. Huh? When is that uh, from? Yeah, that was, he was speaking, um, this was, I'll go back and get the exact date. This was uh, not this cycle. This was one of the previous election cycles when he was being candid. I'm from Chicago. Come on, we all know. So, again, election denial. See, it's this is one of the things that I can't stand that's happening right now. If you mention that you have no confidence in elections, there's a big difference between saying I have no evidence that something happened and saying I have no confidence in elections. And this is vital to America's continuing to be a free and fair nation where you can discuss things that happen in the political forum openly. Obama felt free enough to say, hey, come on. We all know that elections have been, as he put it, monkeyed around with. And no one's going to attack Barack Obama for saying that. But if you say you have problems with elections, if you say that you don't have confidence because mail-in ballots, you know what I'm looking for, maybe we can find it. When people first started talking about doing these ballots by mail, I believe, and if I'm right, I think I asked John Fund about this, Jimmy Carter was among the people that were warning against it because what they said was, look, this is a prescription for fraud. It can't be really secured. 
So now what has happened because of this avalanche, and you see it if you read the press today, if you read the press any day this week, every single chance they get, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and all these stories, they keep talking about the election deniers and how the election deniers lost. It's as if they, the Democrat Party, have never said or acknowledged the fact that there were vulnerabilities in some of the processes that go along. Suspect among the processes have been this idea of voting by mail. Now it has become widespread. In fact, all of Oregon is a mail vote. We still, a week and a day after the elections, do not have an announcement made as to the control of the Congress of the United States. Because people are still counting votes that should have been counted on election day and we should have been done with it. Newsmax last night announced that the GOP had won the House. They're the only organization, news organization, that I've seen so far that said the House has been won by Republicans. There are still outstanding votes in California that look like they may actually tilt the House, well, conclude the the suspense, and Republicans might win the House. But the sheer number of mail-in ballots that have come in in California, in Arizona, have people questioning. And people have a right to question. No one has a right to claim that there is proof of things that there are not proof of. That is not a right. People do it anyway. And I I am very careful with what I say because I don't have any proof of any fraud. But here's what I have seen. I have seen numerous videos on the Internet where people are claiming and you can see the video that they are that there are poll workers that are marking ballots. These are claims. They're not going anywhere. Apparently there are some people collecting testimony from people that worked in certain locations. Fine, well and good. But I will say loudly that I have no confidence in the methodology that is being used in certain states. I have no confidence in that And we had John Fund on. I will never forget this, and I've mentioned this before. In Washington State, King County, they actually told, this was in the the governor's race out there. That was about four or five cycles ago now. There were more recorded votes that were taken in and tabulated than there were voters in King County. And when this issue was put before the courts, what happened? The court said, eh, we'll let it go. Now, clearly, there's something wrong with that. But the election still stood, and it may have been a legal technicality. I am not a, a lawyer, so I cannot tell you the reasoning behind the court. I didn't read the court's decision. I only read the reports of the court's decision. But common sense tells you something's wrong. 
when you have more voters or more votes taken in than there are voters. That's a big red flag. And so these discussions, my friends, cannot be muted. They should not be suppressed. We are under immense pressure to just shut up and go along with this program. And no, I'm not going to shut up and go along with the program. I'm not going to claim that I have any evidence of fraud when I don't have it. But I am going to say loudly, I do not have confidence in the way that some elections in certain locations are being conducted. I do not have confidence in Maricopa County. When it was just found out, this week we learned that the two officials there, and they happen to be Republicans, that are running the election also opened a super PAC after the last election cycle to defeat what they call MAGA Republicans. How does that inspire confidence? It does not. America used to be the light of the world. People in developed na- in undeveloped nations used to look at us and say, we want to be like America. We want to hold elections that no matter the outcome, we know that the elections were fair and free. And America will not be America, the America that we want, until all of us, whether we are Democrats, whether we are Republicans, whether we are independents, can say we have confidence in the way that these elections are run. It is imperative that people that are raising questions not be subjected to knee-jerk reactions and told to shut up. It is also imperative to ferret out the kooks and the people who deliver misinformation so that they can no longer be a trusted source. All we're talking about, people, is truth, 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 honesty, integrity. And those things do matter. Truth matters, integrity matters, honesty matters. Your thoughts on Mitch McConnell, your thoughts on whether Kevin McCarthy should be be the next Speaker of the House, should Republicans prevail as it looks like they might and will. Your thoughts on this FTX business. Your thoughts especially on Donald Trump announcing last night that he's going to go for it one more time. All that and more. Your phone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-922. Two two. It's both nervous rush hour, and we're coming back in a moment. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You 
You know, I will always remember uh, Andy Williams performed one of the songs at uh, Robert Kennedy's funeral. When Robert Kennedy, that you talk about traumatic. That 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 was. You think about the sixties. I was watching the, um, as I'm sure many of you did, watching the uh, the California primaries in June. That was June 3rd, June 4th, June 2nd, beginning of June. And we saw that. We saw that assassination hype happen right in front of our faces. I remember watching TV when Lee Harvey Oswald was assassinated following the Kennedy assassination, watching it live. And, of course, the Kennedy assassination came one month. It was the fourth because it came one month to the day after the Thursday, two months, after Thursday, April 4th, when Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. They talk about tumultuous times. But for many people, this voice, Andy Williams, was one of the comforts. All right, we promised the telephones and your reaction last night. So let's get started. Let's go to Colorado to start. Colorado. And Don, welcome. You're on WABC's Rush Hour with Bo Snerdy. How are you, Don? Doing great. Nice to talk to you again. And before I get to uh, Donald Trump, uh, I will say that my other favorite talk show host was proven correct in the election outcomes. The red wave wasn't as was as big as we hoped. And this takes us to uh, Donald Trump, and it seems that, you know, he's going to make another run, no surprise. And he basically took an hour and a half to uh, explain himself. And uh, I I talked to some of my friends and all that, and they're still loyal to Donald Trump to a fault. And this brings me to my conclusion that basically this is the – LBJ mentality, you know, when LBJ lost the civil rights fight, apparently he said to one of his associates that we got to give the black community a little bit of something, but not enough to make a difference. And then LBJ can buy votes for the Democratic Party and, and then some. Well, Donald Trump has given much more than that. And his base, his core base, has remained loyal no matter what, even with the stupid remarks that Trump made about Ron DeSantis last week. And the, the crowds keep going, and Trump knows you know, the art of the deal. Ron DeSantis also had an event in Florida shortly before Donald Trump, and he got a rousing reception as well, uh, just yes. for the record. Yeah. So, you know, Princess Di was on with us last week, and what she said was, look, this this fight had to happen. None of us want to see it. But this fight for the for the primary that's coming up for Republicans had to happen. And and we kind of knew that Donald Trump was not going to be unchallenged. He obviously announced early so that he can get a jump. He has money in the bank. If you listen and believe some of the reports, he spent fifteen million or sixteen million of the hundred million raised this cycle, which means he should have eighty something million if those reports are correct to start on. 
But you think that 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 he is. What do you think his chances are of winning the Republican nomination again? I I have no idea right now at this time. It it all depends on how it plays out. I mean, what happens today could be different tomorrow. So we're going to have to see what happens. I just know at this moment the Senate has the advantage because I think people want to maybe move on to somebody else and finally uh, let go of the boomers because, I mean, they're not going away quietly, that's for sure. But, you know, we do need new blood in government. We we need Generation X. We need the millennials and Gen Z, especially if those are potential conservatives. And, you know, and they speak for the generations. But for so long, it has been the baby boomers. This generation see, that wanted to change the whole world, and they just are not going to go away quietly. Don, great remarks. I appreciate the call very much. Let us turn to Manhattan. And go to Tony. Tony, how are you this afternoon? I'm okay. Thank you very much. And you? I'm doing very well, thank you, Tony. Uh, let me say this. You remind me with that song. Oh, my goodness. The best song that I ever heard from him was the anniversary song. Ah, the anniversary and, song by Andy oh, Williams, yes. My, I danced that with my wife and every every year. I put it on because it made me cry the way he sings it. And let me tell you something. Uh, I like him very much. Um, me too. Let me say this. Uh, and I like you. You have it. I never know you, but you know what music is all about. Thank you. Music has no flag. Music has no countries. Music is for all of us. Music is from the soul. And when that's what we're baby, about. When when the baby cry and when the baby laugh, you don't know where he's from. The laugh is the same and the cry is the same. That's the way I hear the music. I don't care where I'm from, it's music. I love it. And I play the guitar and I accompany myself. But if I have to say something about the elections between Florida and Mr. Trump, I will say... He is too young yet. He has all the world in front of him. Juan DeSantis is too young? Uh, Mr. DeSantis, yeah. Right. Now, why, if he's not broke, why to fix it? Because he's doing great in Florida. Now, we're going to leave Florida. Who's going to do what he did in Florida? So stay for more years. I can answer that question if you'd like. Go ahead. Florida has a number of people, including a young man there named Byron Donalds, who is just an amazing conservative. And Byron came up through the uh, Florida House of Representatives, and he's in Congress right now. I saw Byron a few months back, and I said, you know, Byron, if ever comes a day when Ron DeSantis um, is doing something else, you would be a really excellent governor in Florida, and I do believe that. But there's always understudies uh, coming in. But you, your point is DeSantis can wait. He's young. He can wait. If it, You said if it's not broke, don't fix it. A lot of people are saying that Trump is broke, but not you. You still are a firm believer in Donald Trump, correct? I do because experience talk. And, he, and what happened is this. He's not afraid 
to go around the world no matter who the, the leader of the world is, I'm telling like it is. I mean, it's not that I'm obsessed with him, but I go by experience, savvy, and the way he talks. And when you talk and, you li- and they listen to you, you know that it makes, you know, it count. And I know because I am being around. I, I love it. Uh, thank you very much. And listen, I uh, I get sometimes nervous because I am very emotional about the politics because I don't want to vote in the mail anymore. I don't trust it. You don't trust the mail? No. Okay, Tony, uh, look, I totally get that. And thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. We're going to take a break so we can squeeze in as many more calls on this day as we can. Tomorrow, Princess Di is going to join us. And I just want to make mention of this. Princess Di sent me an article that I'm going to look at during the break while I listen to the commercials. And this is from 2012. Error and fraud at issue as absentee voting rises. This was published in the 2002 year by the New York Times. And the quote is, fraud is easier via mail. That is the New York Times. Election deniers. <laughs> so, so we'll be back. More of your calls coming up right after this. is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly Rush. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, my friends, the Bee Gees. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Now, get back to your calls in a moment. I want to read you a paragraph. I'm not through with the article that Diana, Princess Di, sent me. But I want to read you this this paragraph from 2012 in the New York Times. Thank you, Princess Di. Voting by mail is now common enough and problematic enough that election experts say there have been multiple elections in which no one can say with confidence which candidate was the deserved winner. That is from the New York Times. And that was before these mail-in votes reached the height that they have today. Again, the New York Times, 2012. Voting by mail is now common enough and problematic enough that election experts say there have been multiple elections in which no one can say with confidence which candidate was the deserved winner. Now, that's all I was saying, confidence, confidence. And there you go, from 2012 New York Times. Let us go to John in Bergen County, New Jersey, Hello, John. Welcome. WABC, you're on with Bo Snurley. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you? Good afternoon. Always a pleasure, Bo. I just wanted to make a comment about uh, this Trump uh, fatigue. I think it's completely made up by the press and the, and the rhinos. 
and it's just a way, another way to get rid of him, just like the special prosecutors, just like the impeachments. And I kind of find it hard to believe that the Republican Party is going to allow the Democrats to pick their candidate again, just like they picked McCain and just like they picked Romney. They are creating this civil war, and a lot of Republicans are buying it, and it's going to be a problem. Love to hear your thoughts. Well, my thoughts are, number one, um, of course, there is an established, the Trump haters are out here, we know that. The rhinos are out here who hate Trump, we know that. And, oh, by the way, (laughs) get this. This is unrelated, but I just came across this headline while I was searching for a story to answer you. I'll give you the story to answer you first. The latest, DeSantis brushes off idea of GOP civil war between him and Trump. This is in the Amazon Prime Washington Post today. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Wednesday brushed off the idea of a civil war in the Republican Party, forcing a choice between him and former President Donald Trump. At a news conference Wednesday, a reporter asked DeSantis if there might be a civil war brewing in the GOP in which people have to choose between you and Donald Trump. No, DeSantis responded before quickly moving on. Look, I think we just finished this election, okay? People just need to chill out a bit on some of this stuff. So according to Ron DeSantis, no, no, no civil war. Now, the story that I I just came across while I was doing this was from Politico today. Senators float audit of Rick Scott's NRSC. Now, this is funny. Rick Scott yesterday said he was going to challenge Mitch McConnell in leadership. The the Republicans held that vote today. Screw you, Rick. We're going with McConnell. And at the same time today, oh, you know what? Let's audit, oh, Rick. Boy, you talk about swift payback. It's too bad Republicans never fight Democrats with the same energy that they seem to be willing to fight other Republicans with. Pretty amazing. Elliot, Staten Island, welcome. You're on WABC, Boston Airways Rush Hour. How are you, Elliot? All right, Bo. I'm telling you, I listened to talk radio for many years. You are so polished and on the money. It's such a pleasure to listen to you. Just a short time. You should be on the radio a little bit longer. Well, anyway, you. um, <laughs> you're very welcome. Last night, Donald Trump walked out on with a song from Les Miserables, and it's such an important song and statement. Uh, Do you hear the people sing, sing the songs of angry men? It is the music of the people who will not be slaves again. And it goes on and on. And I thought that was so appropriate of a song that relates to him and the people that are behind him. Uh, This is a fight. This is a revolution like the French Revolution, where they're trying to enslave us. And I think it's the corporations that are trying to enslave us. They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're trying to control us more and more through the political arm of the Democratic Party. Well, thank you for such a wonderful call, Elliot. Listen, uh, there was also another song that got some attention. Uh, Last night after the event was over, Sam and Dave, Hold On, I'm Coming. Well, today, the songwriter, Estate, that song was written by Isaac Hayes. And today the uh, estate of Isaac Hayes said they're going to try to sue Donald Trump because that song was played and you didn't have permission. You know, I get sick and tired of these. Every time somebody plays a song these days, we're going to sue, we're going to sue. Oh, shut up already. It's a song. You should be glad people like your song. 
Anytime the song gets played, it just reminds people how good it was, and ultimately that means more royalties for your estate. Shut up already. So anyway, but I love what your remarks on on the song from La Miserable, and thank you so much. And I hope, by the way, that you're wrong about this. I hope we never have a revolution in this country like the French Revolution. That was one of the more violent revolutions that took place in in history. And whether you, you think it was justified or not, I mean, they were doing at one point in the French Revolution, the, the guillotines were working overtime. And I hope we never see something that violent and that ugly in the United States of America. But I hear what you're saying. Thank you for the call. Joe in Long Island, you're on. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, on WABC. Yes, uh, I just wanted to say Mitch McConnell has a lot of nerve uh, expecting to still be the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. And I'll tell you why. It was his job to get the Republicans elected to the majority. He was the leader, and he failed to lead. And we we definitely need new lead Republican leadership in Congress. Mitch, so McConnell, Mitch McConnell doesn't expect to be. He is. They had the vote today. He is. Now, that's not to say that when we have a new Senate in place, that people will not demand another vote. I, I don't know whether they will succeed in that or not, but they had the vote today, and there were 10 senators, 10, who had already questioned, hey, why don't you delay this vote? Mitch is like, screw you guys. And Mitch, by the way, is out pretty much saying, look, I ha-, he told people yesterday, I have the votes. I'm not worried about this. It's you MAGA types that are destroying everything. You MAGA types lost the election. So this Mitch McConnell, one thing about him, he does not back down from, he backs down the Democrats. He backs down to, to like these debt ceiling fights. Oh, he'll back down for that. But he's not going to back down to you, me, or the people saying that they're unhappy with his leadership in the Republican Party. Like I said, I wish these people would learn how to fight the Democrats half effectively as they fight us. Let's go to John in Staten Island. John, we have less than a minute. you got to get right to your point. Go ahead, John. Oh, hey, uh, really quick, Bo, I'm going to say this. The, the Democrats sent out 30,000 postcards to illegals in Denver. Then they said they made a mistake. Don't tell me that since it's run by uh, the Democrat machine over there that they can't send out ballots and tell me that they can't give out 30,000 votes to illegals to vote. I mean, that should be checked. Let's see, make sure we got Social Security numbers in every single ballot. Every guy who registered, I want to see Social Security number. Yeah, you're not going to see anything because they're not going to show you. They're not going to show me. They're not going to show anybody. That's the problem. A lot of these places, we never see what really goes on, despite all these calls for transparency. Anyway, that's it for today, my friends. 800-848-WABC. Keep that number if you want to call John Katz because he's up next. And I'm sure he'll have some very interesting. Th- yeah. 800-848-WABC. <laughs> In the meantime, may God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll see you tomorrow here on Boston Early's Rush Hour at 4. Bye.